Welcome back to the Endure It podcast. I am your host, Rachel Thomas, coming to you live from my closet. (laughs) This is my podcast space currently. Hope everybody has had a good week. I cannot believe we are in October and we literally have three months of the year left. That is crazy. You go out and you shop for fall stuff and there's just Christmas stuff everywhere. So I'm having a hard time separating the two, but my husband is trying his best to help me. (laughs) I don't know if I should buy the orange and black Oreos or if I should buy the red and black Oreos. I mean, it just gets, it gets really confusing. Those are some tough, tough decisions. So something I like to do, actually I've started doing it the last two years, I have been really trying to be diligent about setting goals for myself for the next year. I don't like to call them New Year's resolutions, but you can if you want to. I just think that it's a good idea to think about the new year, think about what you want to change, what do you want to keep doing, what did you do well last year, and what are your goals for the next year. And I go and buy one of the extra large sticky notepads from Office Max or Office Depot, get a Sharpie, and I sit down and I just write a list of what I want to see happen next year. And like I said, I've only been doing it the past two years, but I did notice the other day I was in the garage looking for something and I had, someone had stuck my goals for 2020 on the wall in the garage because we've recently moved. So someone just stuck it out there and I walked by and one of the things on my list was to act on a dream. And I just kind of did a double take, stepped back and looked at it and I'm like, oh, how cool is that? Like the podcast was one of my dreams and I forgot I put it on that list. And when I saw it, it just, it gave me a good sense of accomplishment. Wow. I've acted on a dream. That's pretty cool. So I encourage you guys to think about next year. 2020 has been off the rails crazy, but we're still here. We're still breathing and there's still purpose. So I encourage you to do the same. A lot of you probably already do New Year's resolutions, but I have found it very encouraging. If I glance at that list throughout the year, I think, oh, I'm not doing so good on that one. I need to I need to step up my game. And then I might glance at another one and go, oh, wow, I've done that already. That's cool. It's very encouraging. It just, it feels like you're accomplishing something. And this is a good time of year to, to get started on something like that. I wanted to share today a little bit more information that I learned through this seven-year process concerning vertigo. I know that I've been telling the story of the POTS, the postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. I've been telling the story of that diagnosis for the past three years. And I mentioned that I actually started getting sick or having health issues about seven years ago when the vertigo started happening. And I wanted to share a tip for anybody who's ever experienced vertigo. Maybe this this would help someone. Like I've mentioned before, vertigo is just such a miserable experience. It, it's so hard to to deal with. I wanted to share that whenever the vertigo attacks started happening for me, I went through, you know, medications that weren't good for me that actually made me sicker, several misdiagnoses, and I think the Lord revealed a chiropractic doctor one day on the internet that I just so happened to find. He specialized with patients who suffered from vertigo, 
And Zach and I made the decision to go and have a consult with this doctor in Houston, tell him the story of what's going on and see what our options might possibly be or see if I was a candidate for the type of treatment that he offered. And he did x-rays and um, determined that the top two vertebrae in my neck, C1 and C2, were out of alignment. And his theory was that could contribute to vertigo. After listening to his explanation of how he treats patients who suffer from vertigo, we decided to sign up and give it a try. And it actually helped. I Once I started treatment with this Nuka chiropractor, which is a neck and upper cervical chiropractic care, I did not have any other vertigo episodes. He began adjusting that top vertebrae in your neck the atlas. And after receiving treatment for that, the the vertigo definitely calmed down. So we were very thankful for that because once I became more ill, if we would have had the vertigo on top of everything else that we were dealing with concerning the POTS, that would have been really difficult. So we were thankful that that, that kind of calmed down. So I recommend if, if someone you know or yourself is suffering from vertigo, I recommend that you, I highly recommend that you look into consulting with a Nuka chiropractor. There's no medications required, so that's good news for your body. So once, when I began becoming ill with the POTS issue, I had stopped going to the Nuka chiropractor just because I was too ill to get there and I was already going to a lot of different doctor appointments. So we put the Nuka chiropractic care on hold for about three years, the entire time I was sick with POTS. And thank goodness I did not have any vertigo episodes during that time when I decided to stop seeking the chiropractic care due to the just the craziness of the of the sickness schedule trying to get to all these different places when we were trying to figure out what was going on. But once things kind of settled down, I started having back pain. And so I decided to start going to a chiropractor again, just not the same one that I had seen previously. And it was almost as if going to the chiropractor awakened the nerve that caused the vertigo because shortly after getting some adjustments from just a regular chiropractor, I had another vertigo attack this year in January and a not so fun one. I ended up in the ER and they started happening once a week. I mean, they they were just coming back to back. So we did some research and thought, okay, maybe we, we should go back to a Nuka chiropractor. So I actually found a new Nuka chiropractor that had been doing it for almost 30 years closer to my home. And so I started seeing this doctor and he he agreed also that it's probably a nerve in the neck that's when those vertebrae get out of alignment, it irritates the nerve that controls the hearing and it just causes problems from there. So since I've been seeing my new Nuka doctor, chiropractor this year, the vertigo has somewhat calmed down. Um, it took a few treatments to kick in, I guess you could say, but fingers crossed, the vertigo has, has been quiet. And for that, we are so, 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 so grateful because <laughs> it's just so not fun. So if you know somebody who suffers from vertigo, just share this information to, to research and check out a Nuka chiropractor and see if they're able to find relief. I've known people that have vertigo and they were tested for everything under the sun and they just never were able to pinpoint where the vertigo was coming from. And a lot of these people did not do any type of upper cervical chiropractic care 
So you can look at a lot of these NUCA doctors and read testimonials from people who, you know, the care helped cure their vertigo. So I can definitely testify to it. It did help for me. And if it could help someone else, please, please pass on this information. I've, I've learned through this journey before I got sick and problems would come in life. You just, you deal with them, you move on, life goes on. But when I became chronically sick and then additional problems would come, it, it was so hard to keep a, a good balance because you're already in struggle mode every day just trying to function. And then anything else that gets put on top of that, it becomes increasingly hard to have a positive attitude and to really learn how to tap into your joy and to find joy in the mom the small moments when things are extremely difficult. I, I learned very quickly that life does not slow down for you when you're sick or life doesn't say, oh, well, she's dealing with something right now. I'm going to pass her by and go the next person. No. Life can just keep mowing right over you. And we have to just really dig deep within ourselves and fight for that joy and fight for the will to keep going and fight against those things that try to come against you when you're when you're in a really, really hard struggle. We have to fight against those depressing thoughts or the, the anxieties that come along with battling a chronic illness or battling a, a difficult situation or trial, whatever you want to call it. Life does not take any of that into consideration. And I've always heard a saying, God is good when life is not. And it's sometimes it's hard for us to separate the two. We equate trials and struggles sometimes as God's fault. Well, he has the power to change this. Why hasn't he changed it? And sometimes we just need to step back and say, it's okay. God is still so good when life is still so not. When life is hard, when life is unfair. And I think if we could just really let that sink in. We we have to literally discipline our bodies into walking these things. You know, we have to beat our flesh into submission because the flesh can just be so emotional and so, you know, it flies by the seat of its pants and it's reactive. And we have to really ground ourselves and go, okay, I'm going to make a choice to walk this. I'm going to make a choice to focus on God. I'm going to make a choice to say out loud that God is good. No matter what we walk through, he's good and he's faithful. He's never been unfaithful. I remember when literally the Lord called me to be a runner. As crazy as that may sound to some people, he put this desire in my heart probably 19 years ago to become a runner and I, I just all of a sudden had this desire to get out there and push myself and, and try this. I'd always been a walker. I loved to exercise and, you know, eat healthy, try to stay in shape, try to stay in a healthy state. And I felt like he called me to run. And looking back at that 19 years ago, at the time, I thought, oh, this is awesome. God called me to be a runner. I actually get to do this and this is going to be so much fun. You know, signing up for 5Ks, running with my friends, getting the t-shirts, the medals, all the hoopla that comes with being a runner. But little did I know that that was preparation for what I'm walking through today. Because I can tell you that I've used a lot of skills that I've learned from being a distance runner walking through this hard trial. They're very, very similar. You know, when I was a runner, I was physically out there pounding the pavement, sweating, suffering, pushing myself. And in this walk now, I'm still a runner. 
I'm just, this is a different approach. This is a different style. Now I'm running in the spirit and I'm applying the same rules. I've got to keep going. I've got to stay focused on the prize at the end. I cannot quit. I can't sit on the sideline. I'm not going to make it to the finish line if I do that. When it hurts and when I'm hurting and I can't breathe and I'm tired, I... I've got to dig deep and I've got to keep going. So in a sense, I still feel like I am a runner. I'm just running a spiritual race for sure this time. And I'm thankful that he called me to run because now looking back, I can see the bigger picture. It was, yes, it was for health, but yes, it was for a future purpose to help me to mentally process and to mentally discipline myself for what I'm walking through right now. And this doesn't just apply to me. This applies to you. And even the scriptures compare this life as a race. We are running as one that wants to attain the prize. That's you and that's me. I just want to encourage you, if you're, if you have your health, if you're able, go to a good running store and run on the treadmill. Let them measure your gait. Let them tell you what shoe you need. Invest the money and start running. Start with a jog. Doesn't matter how fast or how slow. There is no greater feeling than going for a run and just sweating out stress and sweating out problems and talking to the Lord and then feeling that runner's high at the end when you're done, when those endorphins just flood your brain and you you feel like you can conquer the world. It is truly a feeling like no other. And I, I hope to be back at it soon. Maybe not as much as I did before. I don't want that to be a foundation for me. It's not anything solid I can build on, but I do, I do miss running. And I do, I run every now and then with my son, a short distance, but I would love to get back to distance running. If you can do it, become a runner. Challenge yourself. I remember when I first started, I couldn't hardly make it from the driveway to the stop sign, which was not very far at all. And I thought, how in the world will I ever make it around the block? And eventually I did. And eventually it was leaving the neighborhood and going to the park. And then it was signing up for 5Ks and just challenge yourself and allow yourself to experience what we walk through in the spirit realm, what God has called us to. He's called us to run this race. I can remember first getting sick and just wanting to, you know, avoid this mountain. I wanted to go around it. I wanted to skip it. I wanted to just, I wanted it to just go away. But I had to make it my mind that I had to climb the mountain. I had to go through the valley. I had to scale the mountain. I have, I've got to get to the top. I can't avoid it. And I know, we know that if God brings us to it, he's going to empower us to conquer it. So get you some shoes. Even if you have to start by just walking, just get out there and start doing something to combat stress or to combat depression, whatever it may be, get outdoors and challenge yourself. You know, one of the scriptures that he gave me during this this season when I would really struggle with, you know, wanting to be healed or wanting to go around the mountain, wanting it to just go away, he comforted me with Matthew 11, verses 2 through 6. And it's talking about John the Baptist. When John was in prison, he heard about things that Christ had done. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who is coming or should we look for someone else? Jesus answered John's disciples, go back and tell John what you hear and see. Blind people see again. Lame people are walking. Those with skin diseases are made clean. Deaf people hear again. Dead people are brought back to life. And poor people hear the good news. Whoever doesn't lose his faith in me is indeed blessed. 
And I had to, I had to just sit back and, and chew on that and think to myself, I had to visualize if John were in prison, I think he'd been there for roughly a year and he heard that Jesus was on the move and Jesus was, was doing miracles and he sends a message. Are you, are you the one or should we keep looking? I have to think that John was thinking, okay, I'm in prison, but Jesus is on the scene and he's going to get me out of here. And everything's going to be okay. I'm going to make it through this. And Jesus tells the disciples to go back and tell John everything that he's doing. Blind people are seeing. Lame people are walking. The dead's being raised. Surely he could get John out of prison. But that was not the plan. John ended up being beheaded. And Jesus tells him, whoever doesn't lose his faith in me is indeed blessed. We are blessed when we don't get offended by Jesus, when he doesn't do what we think he should do, when he doesn't act the way we think he should, when we can't control what he does. We're blessed if we hang on to our faith, even in the midst of no, even when he tells us, I'm sorry, that's, that's not the answer. That's not the way this is going to end. And it encouraged me so greatly to just cling to him even more. Because our very lives are in his hand. Our very breath is in his control. And as much as we'd love to take control and run the show at times, he is in control. It's up to him. And we just have to humble ourselves and say, whatever your will is, God. It's just like Jesus in the garden. Please, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, Lord. But if not, your will be done. And that became my prayer too. If it be your will, God, please heal me. Let this cup pass. But if not... Help me learn what it is that I need to learn. Help me help me to change in me what needs to be changed in this process. I often refer to it as the death process because you can't control it. You have to you have to surrender to the process of whatever the Lord is doing in your life. And if we can deeply keep our faith and deeply continue to trust him, he himself says that we are indeed blessed. So I pray that that encourages you as well in your walk, whatever your walk may be whatever it may look like. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Endure It podcast. I would love to hear your story. Shoot us an email at rzt at enduritpodcast.com, rzt at enduritpodcast.com. Shoot us your story, shoot us a prayer request, and we'll pray for you. I hope you guys have an amazing week, and until then, we'll talk next time.